So last week we started we started Perigalov. And we started off with uh, Rebbe bringing down a stira, a contradiction between that which it says in Masechtas Nida, that the neshama before it comes down to this world is made to swear to heat tzaddik val to rasha, that it should be a tzaddik and not a rasha. But then, furthermore, Rafilo even if everyone tells you you're a tzaddik, a person should view himself as a rasha. Nathabah points out that there's a Mishnah in Pirkei which says the exact opposite. The Mishnah in Pirkei says, Don't view yourself as a Rasha. Nathabah continues and says also, it's not just that we have here a stira. It's not just there's a technical issue that we have two Mishnahs, one, uh, each one saying a different thing. But also in Havana, in understanding, it's hard to understand what it would mean that a person should view himself as a Rasha. Why would, why would Torah want us to view ourselves as Rishayim? Because either that will lead us to be depressed or that will lead us to give up hope and then we then it makes no difference what we do. So that's what we learned last week. Today I hope to cover a lot of ground inside because it's technical, Perikalif. In other words, you know, as we towards the end of Perikalif, that's where it really begins the the chassidus element of Tanya, and that takes us for the next fifty-two chapters. But right now the Altarab is setting the foundation. And because the Alter Rebbe is going to say such radical things about what is a tzaddik and what is a rasha and what is a benini, and people are going to come along and say, who says this is what a tzaddik is, and who says this is what a rasha is, and who says this is what a benini is? So the first thing the Alter Rebbe has to do is he has to establish the facts according to Nigla, according to the Gemara. And we're from the Gemara, we're going to prove from the Gemara the definition of tzaddik, benini, and rasha, and that's necessary before we even begin the conversation. This book is called, as mentioned, the Sefer is called Sefer Shal Beninim. But before we begin the conversation of what is a benini, we have to establish what's a benini. A benini means someone who's in between. So who's the benini in between? He's between the tzaddik and the rasha. So if we want to know who the benini is, we also have to understand who the tzaddik is and who the rasha is. And then we have some sort of context. If this is what the tzaddik is and this is what the rasha is, so the in-between person is right over here. And that's what we're going to do right now, is we're going to look at various gemaras, and we're going to try to establish what is the tzaddik, what is the benini, and what is the rasha. And we're going to start inside, where it says acha inyan, which is on the page that you have over there, seven lines from the top. Acha inyan. So the Alter Rebbe says. However, the idea is kihinu If we go through the entire gemara, we find that in general, there are five different categories of people and they are tzaddik v'toivle tzaddik v'rale it's tzaddik simple translation tzaddik v'toivle means a tzaddik and it's good for him tzaddik v'rale a tzaddik and it's bad for him rasha v'toivle a rasha and it's good for him rasha v'rale a rasha and it's bad for him ubeinini and the beinini so these are five different categories that we have that we find, we find it talks in the Gemara many places about a tzaddik, it talks many places about a rasha, it talks about a benini, but within tzaddik and rasha itself, we have two categories a tzaddik v'toivle and a tzaddik v'rale and a rasha v'toivle and a rasha v'rale in the Gemara literally, the word tzaddik v'toivle means sometimes you have a tzaddik v'toivle, you have a tzaddik he's a righteous person and it's good for him he has parnasa and he has health and he has nachas, that's a tzaddik v'toivle Tzaddik virale means sometimes you have a person who's a tzaddik virale, 
and it's not uh, he doesn't have a good life he's poor problems with the health with the children whatever maybe and then the same thing you have on the opposite extreme you have a Russia you have a Russia who despite the fact that he's a Russia he's enjoying this world and the world is good to him the Abishter is good to him and gives him a good portion of this world and you have a Russia virale means a Russia sometimes and with a, who has a miserable time here in this world and Dr. Rebbe is arguing that Tzaddik V'toivle and Tzaddik Virale, it's not the same Tzaddik, but sometimes this Tzaddik can have a good in the world and sometimes not. And it's not that there's one level of Russia and sometimes the Russia has uh, success and sometimes not, but it's different levels. The reason why the Tzaddik V'toivle, why he has such a wonderful time in this world is because he's on a higher level, on a higher spiritual madriga than the Tzaddik Virale. And the same is true with the Russia V'toivle and Russia Virale. What is the Alter Rebbe's basis for this? The Alter Rebbe says, "Opir should be Gemara." The Gemara says that Sadik v'Toivloi. The reason why that Sadik one Sadik has and is good for him in this world is because he's a Sadik Gomer. He's a complete Sadik. And Sadik v'Raloi sometimes is a Sadik, and his fortune is not smiling on him. And why is that? Because he's a Sadik Sheni Gomer. He's an incomplete Sadik. So from here we see clearly that there are five levels. There's the Tzaddik V'toivle and Tzaddik V'raleh, which is the Tzaddik Gomer, the complete Tzaddik. And then there's something called Tzaddik She'eni Gomer. He's a Tzaddik, but he's not a complete Tzaddik. And then you have a Benini, and the same thing, Rasha V'toivle, Rasha V'raleh. Just like by the Tzaddik, we say that the Tzaddik V'toivle is the complete Tzaddik. The Tzaddik V'raleh is the incomplete Tzaddik. So by the Rasha also, so we have two levels. You have a Rasha Gomer, a complete Rasha, and a Rasha She'eni Gomer, an incomplete Rasha. Um, you, the, um, they can be different people, and you can have you can have a Russia who becomes a tzaddik, and you can even yeah, absolutely. These are madrigas; these are levels, right? They describe a given person at individual at a specific time. Yes. Right. By the time we figure out who the Benyani is, we'll understand. And we'll see that there are many levels in Sadiq. Actually, when we get to uh, when we get to um, this is already in Perik Yud, tens of thousands of levels of Sadiqim, tens of thousands of levels of Rishonim. There's only one level of Bainim, and we'll find out why that is. We'll find that out. We need a little patience for that. Yeah. But Sadiq Verado, what's the other people? He's not Sadiqam. Correct. So he doesn't have everything. Uh, when you say he doesn't have everything, what do you mean by that? He's a hundred. He's a complete tzaddik. We are going to define what that means. Yeah, what other people see when he's a tzaddik, Verado, that's a tzaddikam also. So this guy is not a tzaddik. The other side. By the time we figure out who a tzaddik shenigamer is, we'll realize that uh, anyone who sees him will realize that he's a very, very big tzaddik. The difference is so subtle between the tzaddik gomer and tzaddik sheni gomer, but we're not even going to get to that until until chapter uh, until chapter ten. Here we will be tzaddik gomer. What? Here we will be tzaddik gomer. Right, then we'll be tzaddik gomer. <laughs> 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 There's a famous uh, famous chassid whose name is Rabbi Hillel Parashah, and he was a chassid 
of the Mittler Rebbe and the, and the Tzemach Tzedek. Mittler Rebbe is the son of the Balatanya, and then the Tzemach Tzedek is the grandson of the Balatanya. He, he met the Balatanya, he met the Alter Rebbe once, but he didn't see him. It's a whole story about that itself, how he hid under a bed, and he wanted to ask him a question. Alter Rebbe came into the room, and uh, the Alter Rebbe immediately said something, and he just fainted, whatever, because it addressed this question. And then Alter Rebbe left, he never saw the Alter Rebbe. He heard the Alter Rebbe, he never saw the Alter Rebbe. Anyways, so he, he was a very, very big Tamukhachim and a big Goyim um, before he became a Chassid. And then he became a Chassid and he learned the first period of Kintanya. And he said, It used to be that I thought that I was a Tzaddik. And now I realize, Halavai Benini. Halavai should be Benini. So you're saying we're going to be Tzaddik and Givona by that time. I'll say Halavai Benini, right? <laughs> That's 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 correct. Okay, so what do we have? We have we have five levels. Again, we're not we're not going to be fully defining these five levels for many prakim to come, but we see from the Gemara that there are five levels. What is the difference between a tzaddik gomer and tzaddik sheni gomer? So now we're going to quote a cryptic uh, passage from the Zoyar, from the Raya Mehemna. Well, Beraya Mehemna parshas mishpatim pirush. The Raya Mehemna and parshas mishpatim. It's explained over there. That what is a tzaddik virali mean? Who is the tzaddik virali? What is the tzaddik sheni gomer? This incomplete tzaddik. What is his definition? That the evil that's within him is subservient to and subjugated to the good. What does that mean? It means there he does have some sort of ra within him. There is some sort of ra, but that ra is kafuf, is bottled to, is subservient to the toif. Again, this is stuff that we're going to have to unpack and explain as we go along. In the Gemara, in the end of the ninth Perik of Brachis, there's another, another statement. It says that tzaddikim yetzir toif sheftan. It says tzaddikim are judged by the yetzir toif. We say here the word judge. We don't mean a judge as in uh, the one who passes, you know, judges them. But the shayfit in the sense of tells them what to do. They're uh, they're ruled by their yitzchutayv. Later on in chapter uh, thirteen, the Alter Rebbe is going to explain why taka the word shayfit is used over here. Rishoyim yitzchahara shayfdan. Rishoyim are judged are ruled. They're ruled by the yitzchahara. And beinunim zevazah shayfdan v'chul beinunim are are judged or ruled by both the yitzchutayv and the yitzchahara v'chul. So at that point, the Gemara says that Rabbah once made a statement. Rabbah was one of the great Amiraim. Rabbah Bar Nachmeni, one of the greatest of the Amiraim. So Rabbah says, You want to know what a Benyani is? You want to know who a Benyani is? Someone like me. I'm a Benyani. This is what Rabbah, the great Rabbah Bar Nachmeni said this. This is what it says in the Gemara. Amrli Abaya. So Rabbah Bar Nachmeni had a student whose name was Abaya, one of the very one of the most famous Amiraim. So Abaye turns to his teacher, and Abaye says, you're not, you're not leaving life for any for the rest of us. If you're a Benini, where does that leave us? Where does that leave us? You know, Tzadik Yisoyedoylam. The Tzadik is a, the Tzadik is the one who gives life to everything. If you're not a Tzadik, then there is no Tzadik. Then, 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 we're, then we can't be alive even. And moreover, we know that the, the Gemara says that when it comes to Shani Yom Kippur, so Tzaddikim are, 
are all, all signed uh, in the book of life. If you're not a tzaddik, then where are we? Then where are we? Then we're all Rishoyim. So Abayu wasn't very happy with what his teacher said. So we have to understand this. We have to understand all these statements. We just said a lot of things. Five different levels. Two levels of tzaddik, two levels of Russia, level of Benini. One level of Benini, we have this uh, cryptic idea of that the tzaddik gomer is evil, which is subservient to the good. The statement by Rabbah, we have to really understand all this. Moreover, another question. Again, by the way, these questions are going to be answered over the coming prakim over the coming uh, 25 or so project or more another thing we have to understand again all these have to do with what a tzaddik and a rasha and a is also we have to understand that which Eve says quoted in Baba Basra Perikawa from the first Perikawa Baba Basra it says over there that Eve turns to Hashem and says this is, these are the words of Eve you created tzaddikim you created rishayim Al-Tarab is puzzled by the statement. What does it mean that the Ebishter creates Tzadikim and the Ebishter creates Rishayim? Does the Ebishter create Tzadikim and Rishayim? The Ebishter creates people. And people decide whether they're going to be Tzadikim or Rishayim. As we, as Rebbe continues, the Tzadik Amar. We know that it says that before a person is born, so the Malach brings the Neshama before Hashem. Hashem decides everything about uh, what the Nisham is going to be. Is it going to be smart? Is it going to be not so smart? Tall or short? Rich or poor? Everything is predetermined. Everything is predetermined. But the one thing the Ebishter doesn't say, the Ebishter doesn't say, is this person going to be a Tzadik or a Rasha? Why not? Because that we have free choice. So the Ebishter doesn't determine whether we're a Tzadik or a Rasha. So what did Eve mean when he told the Ebrister, Barasa Tzadikim, Barasa Rishayim, you created Tzadikim, you created Rishayim? That seems to count Eve. Who said that he was right? Okay, that's a good question. Uh, the, the, Baal, the Baal Tanya is, it's, it's giving credence to what Eve said. Who said Eve is um, on point? So first of all, Eve was a very holy person. Yes. If you look in the Gemara and Baba Basra over there, there's even a Shaila. Who's a bigger year Shemaim Eve or Avram Avinu? That's what Gemara talks about over there. And he was an amazing person. But also, that's a good question. And there is a discussion about this. I know the Rebbe talks about this. And the Rebbe proves from the context, I don't remember the whole Vart, but I can find it for you. From the context of the Gemara, it's apparent that the Gemara agrees with what Eve was saying. Furthermore, we have to understand the level of the Benini. Certainly, the Benini is not someone who has half mitzvahs and half avedas. Because if that were the case, how could the Rabbah have made a mistake to say that he was a Benini? The Noida, when it is known, the Leipasek Pumi Megirsa. The rabbis, rabbis lips never stopped learning Torah, never. Add to the point. There was a whole story about on the Gemara about Mitzia. When his time came to die, the Malach Amavis couldn't get him because he didn't stop learning. So if a Benini is someone who has half mitzvahs and half averus, 
How could Rabbo have made a mistake to say that he was a Bainani? That's maybe ridiculous. It's not a mistake, maybe it's to teach us. I'm Rabbo and I know everything and I'm Benoni. You guys have to learn. But that's false. That's false. Humility doesn't mean lying. It's a big, uh, some people misunderstand what humility is. Humility doesn't mean lying to others, and it certainly doesn't mean lying to oneself. In Chesidic vernacular, that's called Shiflu Shal Sheker. It's called false, um, false Shiflus, false, uh, false modesty. And that's not a virtue. Anava means I know who I am, I know my talents, I know exactly my madriga, my level, and still I'm not arrogant. Because I recognize. Sorry? Avram Avinu. Because Avram Avinu, recognizing everything who everything and every that he was, he still wasn't arrogant. Because he recognized that everything that he has was a gift from Hashem. And not? No, Rabba was. Rabba definitely was honest with himself. And that therefore we have this question. How could he say he was a Bainini? It was an obvious lie. I mean, if we're to understand that a Bainini is half mitzvah, half averis, which the Al-Tareb is going to reject that that interpretation of what a Bainini is. But if the interpretation of a Benini is someone who's half, who's half uh, mitzvahs and half averis, then Rabbi was saying something which was a plain, a plain untruth. That's for sure. It can't be. That's not what I need. That's not what I need. That's not what I need. At the very least, you could say I can make a mistake in something which is lufi erach. You know, I think I'm here. I'm here. In other words, I, 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 if I'm really here, I think I'm here. But. That Rabbah, who never did an Aveda, never stopped learning Torah, should think that he was half mitzvah, half Aveda, that's ridiculous. And who's going to believe him? What's the point? How did, he, how did he even believe that himself? So we can't say that Abedi needs half mitzvah, half Aveda. Void. And moreover, there's a deeper issue over here. al Rebbe is going to tell us the notion of Abedi seems to not be able to, it's impossible to be Abedi. Why is that? When a person does an Avera, he's called a Rasha. A person who does any Avera is called a Rasha. Even halachically, this is the case. You know, to be a to be an aid, you can't be a Rasha. A Rasha is possible aid this. What makes a person a Rasha, halachically speaking? A person who does an Avera is considered a Rasha. It's a halachic definition. So one Avera makes a person a Rasha. If the person does tshuva afterwards, then what is he? He's a tzadagomer. Gemar and Kiddushan. It says that if a person marries a, marries a woman, almanashani tzadagomer, said, I'm married, he marries a lady, gives her a, a, a ring, and says, I marry you on the condition that I'm a tzadagomer. Complete tzadag. The halacha is that even if he's a rasha gomer, the Kiddushan the marriage is valid. There's a shayla of the poiskim, whether it's a fully valid marriage or whether it's a, it's a suffix, whether it's a marriage. What do you mean? He, 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 he married on the condition that he's a tzaddik. We know he's a rasha. We know that two minutes ago he was eating ham. <coughs> and now he gives a, he's marrying someone on the condition that he's a tzaddik. And we know that when a, when, you, when a marriage is conditional upon a certain condition, then if that condition isn't met, the marriage is null and void. Not null and void, null and void. Uh, connotes that it was and it was uh, annulled it, it never was 
But here we say it was. And why is that? So the Gemara says, Shemai hid her truth, I believe. Because maybe he thought truth in his heart. And if he thought truth in his heart, then in one moment, he becomes from a Russia Gomer, he becomes a Tzadah Gomer. What's the implication of this? What is a Bainini? A person who has an Aveda on his record is a Russia. A person who doesn't have any Avedas on his record, whether because he never did an Aveda or because he did Shuvah, is a Tzadik. Where is the Bainini? It seems to be a not, what? How, what do you mean? No, no. You can have a million mitzvahs. If you have one Avera, you're a Russia. That's halachically speaking. Again, it's not that, halachically speaking. If someone did an Avera, he's called a Russia. He does tshuva, and, and as Avera, he's a tzaddik. So the Benini seems to be a non existent uh, position. You're either a Russia or a tzaddik. What does it mean, a Benini? Vafilho Evalisar Kalchal Divri Seifrim. Not only if you ever are, are not only if you transgress on a mitzvah from the Torah, even someone who does a, a small avera midrabanan mikre rasha, he's also called a rasha. Kedisa beperik beis diyavamis or beperik kamadinida. The Gemara we find in two places in the Gemara that even even someone who does that who's ever an avera drabanan is also a rasha. That furthermore says Dalter Rabbi, even if a person never did an avera, however he witnessed someone else doing an avera. And he didn't say anything. Even someone who has the ability to be moicha, obviously in an instance where that, where the, where objecting would have some sort of effect, because if objecting does have an effect, there's a, not necessarily is there a chiyuv to object. Um, but if there are persons in a position where he can make a difference, and he doesn't, he's also called a rasha. Mikri Rasha, the Perik of the Shuas, and the Gemara, and the Sixth Perik of Shuas, that person is called the Rasha. The Kosh, Kenvel Kavachem, and how much more so, certainly, the Mevat, Lazimutus, Essay, Shev, Shalil, Kaima, of someone um, abstained from doing a mitzvah which he could have done. He didn't do, he didn't do, he was lazy, he didn't do a mitzvah. Kemai, for example, Kosh, Eftay, Lasik, Betera, Veini, Isaac, someone who has the ability to learn Tera and doesn't, someone who comes home from work one night. And instead of sitting down to learn Torah, sits down to do something else. Sha'Allah, Darshur Razal, regarding such a person, the Chazal say, Mesech the Sanhedrin, Kidvar Hashem Bazav Vigaymer, this is a person who has scorned the word of Hashem, he has scorned the Torah by not learning Torah. He karis the karis Vigaymer, such a person deserves to be cut off. Upshitan, obviously, the Mikri Rasha, that such a person is called a Rasha, Tfei Ma'ever Isra Darabanan, much more than someone. Who is just over on a issue that Abama? So what Machshava Kemasa? I don't understand your question. Somebody thinking Machshava, like I gotta get Sadaka. He didn't get Sadaka. Kemasa, like he gets Sadaka. So here he's thinking to make Avera. Or he, he saw someone making Avera. Yeah. Or, or Mitzvah. And he did not mock it. The Gemara says that if so, if you if you see someone doing something wrong, and you didn't say anything, and you could have and should have. In other words, they're certain. If the, this is a question of Allah. Does that mean that every time if you see a, a you driving by on Shabbos that uh, you're supposed to say something? I don't know. If wherever the halachic ramification of the mitzvah of is. 
But if he didn't do that, then you call the Rasha, which is mind-boggling. Because this is a person who never did anything wrong. But he just didn't, didn't correct another person. But that mistake alone is enough to call a person a Rasha. And we're leading to a point. And what's the point? In Cain, if so, Al-Karha, we must say, If so, Abainini is someone who doesn't have any Averis, not even the Avera Bittal Tera. Why? Because if he does have an Avera, then, then he's a Rasha. Ah, suddenly now we make sense. Now we can see why Rabbah made the mistake to think that he's a Bainini. Because if a Bainini is someone who never does an Avera, and to the point that um, he never even is mevatel Torah, then, then I can accept why Rabbah might have thought that he was a Bainini. It was a mistake, Taker. Rabbah was certainly a Tzadik, but at least now we can understand that a Bainini isn't half Mitzvah and half Averis. We have to get there. We have to. We don't know yet. So the, the, the question becomes something else. If a Benini is someone who never does an Avera and who never uh, so what's our question now? What's a Tzadik? That's a good question. The answer to that question is going to come in period good ways. No, but at least now it makes sense. For Rabbah, if a Benini is someone who's half mitzvah, half Averis, for Rabbah to say that he's a Benini is a ridiculous joke. Once we understand that a Benini is a very, very holy person, so then we can see that how Rabbah, we can see how he made that mistake to say he was a Benini. It was a, not here, I'm over here. It's not that Rabbah's here and he said he thought that he was over here. Yeah, and what that is, we'll have to get to. But that's why he yes, it. yes, yeah. But had a had a Benini been Mechzav Zachis or Mechzav Averis, he never would have made that mistake. He never would have made the mistake. Yeah, he knew he was at least a Benini, right? That's why Abaya was surprised. Because right, and and Abaya was right. And later we're going to see what the what, what he saw. He was right. Yeah. But but, but Rabbi knew something that Abaya didn't. We're going to find that out. Perikud Gimel, we're going to understand the difference between a Benini and a Tzaddik much more detail, and we'll, then we'll understand why Rabbi made that mistake. Okay. What's the problem? I, we find in many places, including in the Gemara, that it says the Mechzal Mechzal Mikre Benini, that someone with half mitzvahs, half avedas is called a Benini. Verev Zachi is someone who has mostly mitzvahs, Mikre Tzaddik is called a Tzaddik. That's not that's not a real definition. It's called Hushema Mushal. Shema Mushal means a borrowed term. But sometimes we borrow a term, but it's not a real definition. For example, um, if I say about this person that he doesn't give a penny of tzedakah, he has a heart made of stone. <laughs> Does he not have a heart made of stone? He doesn't have a heart made of stone. Yes, what? And he gives more probably more than than the few that are just a penny. But that's called a Shema Mushal. That's called we're not. It's not. That's not a real what? Metaphor. It's a metaphor, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Shema Mushal is a similar idea. Al-Drev is going to explain like this. When after 120 years, when a person goes up to heaven, they make a judgment. And then, Taka, if you have mostly mitzvahs, then you're called Sadik Bidinoi. You were meritorious and victorious in Yiddin, and they send you off to Gan Eden. And if a person, Rahman al has more Averis than mitzvahs, then he's called Rasha Bidinoi. He's considered, uh, he's found guilty. He's a Rasha. And he's sent to where Rishoyim go. 
and half and half is called a binyani. And this is also every year this judgment is made. It's in the Rabbah, Melchus Tshuva. Every year in Rosh Kippur, the same judgment is made. And there's, as we all know, the famous, you know, the, the scale, mitzvahs and averus. So because when we are judged, sotake, there's what's more, more mitzvahs, more averus. So therefore, there's a borrowed term, and someone who has more mitzvahs than averus, sometimes it's called a tzaddik. But that's not the real definition of the term tzaddik. And sometimes someone with more averus will be called a rasha. That's not the real definition. The real definition, we're going to find out now. This is a borrowed term, and it's really regarding reward and punishment. Because we are judged after the, the roif, after the majority of our actions. And someone is victorious, tzaddik, he's, uh, he's found uh, innocent, he's found righteous in, uh, in din. He's called a tzaddik because he, he, wins, the, he wins the judgment. If you want to really, really understand the real definition of the term and the levels, the different levels of tzaddik ubeinini, amra razal. So that the Gemara says, Masechtas Brachas. Remember, we had that, we, we learned that a little earlier today. But then the Gemara adds in, Shenemar, tzaddikim are ruled and judged by the Yitzhak as it says, says, right in capital Aleph, says, My heart is hollow. And what does the Gemara mean? What does that mean? The David the Gemara says, didn't have a Yitzhahara. Because he killed it through fasting. What is a tzaddik? The Gemara says, A tzaddik is someone who is only judged by his Yitzhahara. And why? Because he doesn't have a Yitzhahara. Like David HaMelech, who got rid, eliminated his Yitzhahara through tshuva and through fasting. Someone who didn't reach this level, this level of David HaMelech, someone who still has Yitzhahara, even though he has more mitzvahs than Averis, he's not at all on the level of a tzaddik. The Abishter saw, Hashem saw that Tzadikim are far and few in between. He went and put a few in each generation. As it says, Tzadik is the foundation of the world. In other words, sometimes you can't even one Tzadik in a generation. Now, if a Tzadik is someone who's mostly mitzvahs, what does it mean that the Abishter saw that they're far and few in between? There are many people who have more mitzvahs than Avedis. But obviously, we're working here, we're operating here, <coughs> excuse me, with a different definition <coughs> of what a tzaddik is. That a tzaddik is someone not only who has no affairs, that's obvious, that even, even a bainini has no affairs. But a tzaddik is someone who um, has no yitzhahara. And those people, are people without a yitzhahara, they're talking far and few in between. That's not something which is a usual thing. And therefore, they didn't want to put them all in one generation, and he went and he put a few tzaddikim in every single generation. With this, we concluded the introduction. In other words, we finished all the Mamari Chazal. The Altareva establishes this point. <coughs> we now know that um, a tzaddik is not just someone who's a good guy. You know, that's the way we... Uh, oh, that, it, he's a tzaddik. Mm-hmm. We, we, we use the word liberally. 
Amitaka, we use it to refer to beautiful people and Shana people and people who are, you know, uh, people who learn Torah and do a lot of mitzvahs. But the, the real definition of a tzaddik is not someone who's a nice guy, not someone who uh, gives a lot of tzedakah, someone who doesn't have a yitzhar. Right. Period. Doesn't have a yitzhara. And a bainini, someone who never does an avera. That we have to find out, and we're not going to find it out for a while, for a while. A lot, a lot of the things here we didn't answer. We don't know what Eiv, what Brasa Sadiq and Brasa Shalom. We don't know yet, and uh, oh, there's a lot of stuff here. The Rai Mahemna. Correct. So the every person We spoke about this last week. The word Yachta doesn't necessarily mean an Avera. The word Yachta can mean a Chasarn and Avedas Hashem. What was Moshe Rabbeinu's Chet? What was Moshe Rabbeinu's Chet that, that uh, I mean, depends, <coughs> depends which Mephirish you look at. But it wasn't, he wasn't Avera on one of the Ramach, he was never Mavatal Taira, it wasn't Avera on one of the, it's a different, it was a Chasarn, he did something which wasn't Lifi Madre Gasai. But it wasn't Chas V'Shalom and Avera the way we uh, the way we understand it, you know. And uh, Avram Avinu, David Melech is David Melech is considered a Balshuva if you look in, uh, in the Kabbalah. In other words, more so than others, where he talked did something which um, Avram Avinu. So, so in last week's parsha we had, um, but even this week's parsha, right? No, that was last also. The Ramban says that Avram we went to the Mitzrayim was a Chet. He was a Chet. We're going to tell you to say now to go down to Mitzrayim. I mean, it says it, but that's not, that wasn't, it didn't apply then. But he, he, he it wasn't a moon on the Ebrister, according to his love. It's a different sort of chet. Sorry, Mino. Also, Ramban says about it, that last, last part of this week's part. The last week's part. That Vatanah Hasara Vatirach, right? That was last week's part. So we know that we, we, our, our eyes are being opened to some different definitions over here. And with that, we're ready to get started. Now we're ready to start talking. So Yosef HaTzadik was a very tzadik? The only one called Yosef HaTzadik? Right. He got rid of it. Yeah. Everyone is born with Yitzhahara. Even a tzadik is born with Yitzhahara. Yeah. And and also, you have to remember that uh, a Russia can become a tzaddik also. <coughs> and, and sadly, sometimes, so, for some, some, somehow or other, it can be the other way around also. There are great people who fell. Yechanan Ken Gadol, Ken Gadol for 80 years. He went into the Kedush HaKadoshim 80 times. Imagine the Madriga of Kedusha, and then he became a tzaddik. Alicia ben Avuya. I mean, you have people who are uh, people. Who are, it happens. How exactly the mechanism that someone can fall from the level of tzaddik? I don't know, but it can, that can happen. In other words, as 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 what's your name? Rabnata. Rabnata. I mentioned earlier, it's uh, these levels describe a particular person at a specific time. Sometimes I know they say about someone he's sometimes a benini. Sometimes. <laughs> okay. And now we're going to begin with the thesis of Tanya. Achbir Inyan, it's around the 10 lines from the bottom of page 10. Achbir Inyan, if you want to understand everything, 
the foundation of Tanya is the next few words. You know, he was the chief transcriber of the of the teaching of the Arizal. The Arizal himself didn't write anything. But the Arizal, although the Arizal had many students, he only authorized one student to actually to transcribe his writings. And that's Rabchaim Vital. Although other students wrote, but we don't we're not in the Kabul so much with the other students wrote. Rabchaim Vital was the authorized biographer. Not a biographer, but he wrote the the Kisri Arizal. So the Rabchaim Vital writes in Shara Kedusha, and also he writes in Eitz Chaim, Shargimel Peri Beis, the Lachol Ish Yisrael, every Yid, Echad Sadik Verechad Rasha, whether the person's at Sadik or is at Rasha, Yeshte Neshamas. Every Yid has two Neshamas. And as we're going to, as we continue over the next period or the next chapter, one one of these neshamas is called the nefesh alikis, the divine soul, the godly soul, the nefesh alikis. And the other one is the nefesh abahamis, the animal soul. Anyway, any of you have heard these terms before? Nefesh alikis, yeah. nefesh abahamis. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question. What's the Shabbos neshamas? To the neshama you say there's a new dimension of kedusha which enters your neshama. No, it's the same neshama, same neshama, just a new level, new dimension of the kedusha. The neshama becomes revealed within the body. The neshama is multidimensional. Let me ask you: Is this a chiddush of Chaim Vital that we have two uh, two two neshamas, two nefashas? He's saying that two So we have to discover. And how is this different than Yetzir Tov and Yetzir Hara? Is there a difference between the Nefshel Kis, Nefshel Hamish, and Yetzir Tov and Yetzir Hara? And if it's the same thing as the Yetzir Tov and the Yetzir Hara, the Reb Chaim Vital needs to say that. How many times in the Gemara does it talk about the Yetzir Tov and the Yetzir Hara? So we're going to find out that the Yetzir Tov and the Yetzir Hara Sometimes they might be loosely associated, but it's a different thing altogether. Reb Chaim Vital is really telling us a new thing, a revolutionary thing. You might pass him the, the drink. Oh, thanks. What does the word Yetzer mean? Just create form. Okay. How's it, how do, how's it translated generally in, uh, into English? Inclination. Inclination. Very good. Yetzir Toiv is the good inclination and the Yetzir is the evil inclination. What is the word inclination? I'm inclined to something. Sometimes I'm inclined to do good and sometimes I'm inclined to do bad. So saying that I have a Yetzir Toiv and a Yetzir is not saying there are two me's. It's not saying that. All it's saying is that there's one me, there's one person, and this, this one me, sometimes I want to do good things and sometimes I want to do bad things. And this is something which everyone knows. You can't, you can't even say it's a chiddush of the Gemara. Everyone who's a human being knows that we're driven in different directions in many, many areas of our life, if not in every area of our life. So when we see a piece of chocolate cake, on the one hand, I want to eat it. On the other hand, I don't. I've, part of me says don't eat it because it's not good for me if it isn't good for me. 
And when it comes to waking up in the morning, one part of me says, I don't want to wake up, I want to sleep. Another part says, I need to go and wake up, I need to go daven, I need to go work, etc. Is that two different me's? Same me. The same me can desire many, many different things. Why is that? Because what do, at, the, at the root of all human endeavors, what's there? What's our ultimate desire? What are we looking for? What is the human being looking for? Sorry? To do good. You feel that drive on a, on a daily basis that that's what motivates you? I tried. I didn't ask what you tried. When you sit down, when you sit down after work by the table to eat supper, what's motivating you to eat? <laughs> then we then we talk then we talk about tzaddik over here. Satisfaction. Satisfaction, pleasure. That's what we're looking for. Now, if I have this piece of chocolate cake in front of me, if I eat it, I'll get pleasure. If I don't eat it, I'll also get pleasure, right? Because I'll be healthy and I'll, I'll I'll look good and I'll uh, right. So therefore, my question is, how am I going to get pleasure right now? That's my question. So it's not two me's, it's one me. There's one me looking for pleasure. The problem is that in life, in almost every single scenario, there are different ways to get my pleasure. And my, therefore, I'm conflicted what to do. So when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to wake up. I want to sleep. Why? Because sleep gives me pleasure. On the other hand, I do want to wake up. Why? Because getting up and davening and going to work and being on time and making a living also makes me feel good. Which one am I going to do? So I'm inclined. I'm inclined in different directions. So Yetzirah means there is me. I'm a human being. I have my needs. And due to the fact that I have my needs and my, uh, my feelings and my physical needs, my emotional needs, Sometimes I'll want good things, and sometimes I'll want bad things, but it's all the same me. It's all the same me. Now the Gemara says, whenever the Gemara talks about Yetzir Tov and Yetzir it's telling us we have to be aware that uh, we have to follow the good inclination. When we're, and the evil inclinations that we have need to be suppressed and need to be eradicated. We have to stick to the good that we want to do comes along Reb Chaim Vital, and this is the Chachmas HaKabbalah and says Reb Chaim Vital, I want to tell you there's something much deeper than that and that is there isn't one you it's not that there's one you and part of you wants to do good and part of you wants to do bad but all motivated by the same by the same person probably the same personality there are two yous only in Ayid by the way only in Ayid a goy take is a unidimensional. A goy is a goy is but not a nefshal kis and nefshal bahamas. Because a goy is a single person who desires to meet his own needs, self-preservation, satisfaction, pleasure, and all those things. That's what a goy wants. And sometimes that means the goy will want to do good things, and sometimes that means the goy will want to do bad things. A yid has something else entirely, and that's a nefshal kis. Which means, and simple, and this is what we're gonna. I'm saying this out now, but out now, but as we continue, we're gonna learn this more in depth. That means there's a certain part of me that's not looking for pleasure at all. It's not looking for pleasure. It's not looking for satisfaction. It's not looking for gratification. It's not looking anything out for me. 
The nefesh alekis, as we'll see soon, is a chelak alekami mal, is a part of the eibrister kaviyachol, and all it wants to do is connect with the eibrister and do what the eibrister wants. <coughs> and every single yid has that with it. What does the word tahira mean? It's pure, it's pure of any selfishness. There's nothing selfish about it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the nefesh alikis that a yid has. And this idea of a nefesh alikis, not, Tanya is not about the battle between good and evil. It's about the battle between the selfish me and the godly me. The nefesh Bahamas and the nefesh alikis. Yes. Bahamas is the natural selfish me that wants all good and, and as we'll find out the nefesh Bahamas has positive traits that also it wants good things also but it's about me the nefesh Kis is not about me it's about the Eivishter the, the Yitzhah Toiv and the Yitzhah Hara are both part of the nefesh Bahamas so you can have pleasure during mitzvahs but absolutely not, uh, yeah Nefesh Alekis is not about me at all. It's the same Shemayim. Yeah. 100%. Nefesh has no ego to it whatsoever. How do we know that every Yid has a Nefesh Alekis? And we're going to learn more about this at length, at length uh, next week. How do you know every Yid has a Nefesh Alekis? Where do we see the Nefesh Alekis in its purest form? When a Yid goes, I'm a serious Nefesh. Serious nefesh is the ultimate form of it's not about me, it's not about my pleasure, my gratification, my satisfaction. It's about the Abishta. And the fact that every yid has the ability to go on the serious nefesh, and historically millions upon millions demonstrates this nefesh alakis, which is within every single yid. And this connects directly to this week's parsha. Because then, in this week's parsha, we conclude, conclude this idea about the, um, about the Akedah. We know the Akedah, which is what we read about in this week's parsha, is an incredible yisoid in Yiddishkeit, incredible foundation in Yiddishkeit. Every morning we read the story of the Akedah. And Rosh Hashanah, what do we? We turn to the Ebrish and say, "Vakedas Yitzchak Lazare Hayoyim Berachmim Tisker." We ask Hashem, please remember the Akedah. And the famous question is, what's the big deal about the Akedah? What? I, why, that, why is it that 4,000 years later we're still thinking about the Akedah? Well, what's the big deal? The fact that Ayid was willing to give up his life for the Eberster? How many millions of times has it happened since then? And moreover, not only that. I'll get there in a second. Uh, uh, who's your Rebbe? Hold, hold your thought. We're going to get there. Abirone hold your thought. Or Kazdam. One second, one second. If, if, you, if the mile of that if the greatness of that Kedo was that it's hard to give your child, then every single day we should be talking about Chana Vashiva Banao. Chana and her seven sons. 
when she finished Taka, she said that uh, Avram, you gave you, you you made one mizbeach, I made seven mizbeach, and and and, it, and it's more than that. You would think that the average Jew who gave up their life for Yiddishkeit, as happened again millions upon millions of times, and they did so without the Abishter appearing to them and telling them to do it. Here Avram appears, Hashem appears to Avram and says, Do it. Did Avram have a choice otherwise? Imagine if the Abishter comes to you and tells you, and you know it's you, and you know you're not hallucinating, you know, you know that it's there because you've had it, you it's happened before, you've spoken to Abishter. Abishter comes and says, How could you do otherwise? So what's the serious nefesh we have so many times? Giving up kids in the crusades many times, people uh, you know the kids they give up their kids' lives also. And I was the first time, so that that's the very famous answer it's brought. It's a psichas and sinner. That means the opening of the once the faucet is opened, it comes, right? But there was a custom. We have a serious damage before, and so psichas and sinner should be a custom. Anyway, there are different answers that are that are brought. <coughs> but the Rebbe has a very very profound idea here. And the Rebbe says, we always equate giving up one's life with mesiras nafesh. But is that a fact? Is that always the case? What does the word Mesiras Nafesh mean? Mesiras Nafesh means I give myself up for, I'm giving, I'm giving myself self-sacrifice. I'm sacrificing the self. I don't care about the self. I'm doing what the Abishter wants. However, it's possible sometimes that a person can give up their life and they're not doing self-sacrifice. They're actually doing self-aggrandizement. They're investing they're thinking about themselves 100%, and to them, it's the best thing they can do for themselves for a variety of reasons. Sometimes a person says, okay, I'm going to die, but I'm going to go to Ganeidin. I'm going to have reward. So if a person says, I'm willing to die because I'm going to go to Ganeidin, is that mysterious? Is that self-sacrifice? How's that sacrificing the self? To the contrary, you're saying, I'm getting rid of my miserable life over here so that I can have a greater time. A spiritual person wants he wants a relationship with Hashem, and he realizes the ultimate relationship with Hashem is through Mesiras Nefesh. That's self-sacrifice. And then you have another person, another person, person who's lived a certain life, his entire life, and he's preached a certain derech, a certain path, and a certain philosophy. And the person, a gun has put his head and say, either you reject everything that you live for your entire life, or we're going to kill you. What's that person going to do? Such a person can very clearly say, you know what, I'd rather die because to live a life where I have to uh, reject everything that I stood for and built up my entire life, my life is going to be worthless. I'd rather die. I'd rather be a martyr. I'd rather have a legacy. People look, ah, look at that person. He lived for it and he died for it. But point being that many times a person can give up their lives and it's not self-sacrifice. <clears throat> Sometimes it can be you could say in a subtle way it could be a selfish act. Yimachshimam, all the all the terrorists in Eretz Yisrael, you know the suicide bombers. That's self-sacrifice. Because to die with the with the fantasy and the imagination that in heaven you're going to get kachva kachva kachva. That's self-sacrifice. It's the most selfish thing in the world that there is. The definition of self-sacrifice in serious nefesh is when it's not about me at all. I'm giving up my life for the Eberster. Where do we see that? So the Eberster says, but we're caused them, sure it was Mesiras Nefesh. However, here was Avram. 
and Nimrod. And Nimrod is standing in front of Ram and telling Ram, you know, I want you to reject everything, everything you thought. You have thousands of Talmudim where you thought about Hashem Echad. I want you not to stand up and to bow down to this Gatchka, to this idol. People, someone who was about, Avram Taka was going a mysterious nefesh 100% self sacrifice. But someone who was standing by the side can say, eh, he's, he's willing to die because to preserve his legacy. Because life, if he, if, he, if he repudiates everything that he stood for, life isn't worth living. The ultimate, where did we see the ultimate mysterious nefesh was about the Akedah? Hashem tells Avram Avinu, this here, Yitzchak, this is going to be the, everything that you've built for the past 130, whatever, 30 years of your life. Yitzchak is going to be the one who's going to be the one who's going to be the, bring it to the next generation. And Hashem promised them, it's all the beautiful brachas, your children will be like the dust of the earth. And, and Avram put in more than 100 years of work and everything, the purpose of everything was that Yitzchak should carry this on. And the one day Hashem comes to Avram and says, you know what, Avram, I changed my mind. Go kill your son. Which basically means go destroy yourself. That's what Hashem was telling Avram of him. There's, no, there's nothing to gain from this. this is dest- Avram was being asked to single-handedly destroy everything that he created. Sorry? He thought. But that was the Nisayan. And Avram, by Yaskim, Avram, by Baker, he wakes up early and with happiness, by Yachavish, he has 318 servants, but with a simcha, he goes and he saddles his donkey. He goes and he chops the wood. The Ramban says, why did he chop the wood? Hashem said, go. Why doesn't he chop the wood where, he, where, where he's going to be? The Ramban says that he's worried that maybe we're, over there there won't be good wood. And maybe the wood will be a little wormy. So he's busy chopping the wood for states 136 years old. And with the highest and his Jesus, he's going to destroy himself. That's essentially what he's going to do. That's Masirah's Nefesh. And that Taka, we were saying is correct. What's your name? Shlema. What you're saying is correct. That was the opening of the, of, of the Tzinner. But why? Why was that so special? Why is that more special than the Rekazdem? And when Avram did what the Abishter wants, there was no one there. Not Yishmael, one second, not Yishmael, not Eliezer. They were together with the donkey. It's Avram and Yitzchak and the Abishter. So no one can afterwards come and say, wow, but we, we witnessed it, we saw it, and it was so heroic. And Avram passed this test with flying colors. And that is the nefesh of the kiss. And that a goy can't do. A goy can't. A goy can do a lot of amazing things. But the nekud of utterly putting oneself aside, and there is no thought about oneself whatsoever, and to give up on oneself up to the Eibishter, that is purely a function of the nefesh of the kiss. And that is the chiddush. Just one second, I'll get to you. Rabbi Chaim Vital over here, and that's what he's saying over here. That whatever, it's not about Yitzhar Yitzhar means, I want this, I want that. I want to do good, I want to do bad. Even the Yitzhar is me, right? I'm inclined. Nefesh al-kiss is not about what I want to do. Nefesh al-kiss is about my connection to the Eibishter and my bitl tashem. Yes? Based on what we're saying over here, but it would seem, excuse me, it would seem that Avram had the bigger mysterious nefesh. Avram was the one who worked for a hundred something years, and it's being destroyed. Yitzchak, Yitzchak was happy. He's going to be a carbon, connect to the Eibushter. Unbelievable. 
from says that again Niso Sabro Hashem tested Abraham. Yitzchak was the man on the altar, not Avram. My father said, and I was very afraid that Yitzchak was raised by Avram. He knew from Yerush Shemayim. He knew from Yerush Nefesh. Avram was raised by Sarah. Where did he learn this concept of of of, of the Sirus Nefesh? So by him it was a big concern. By him it was a chiddush. Yitzchak. Yeah, he's my father's album. He's on It's me, and I sometimes I'm inclined to do the right thing with my yitzhak toiv. And sometimes not. Sometimes not. And the nefesh of and nefesh of Hamas. The yitzhak, the yitzhak toiv and yitzhak are both the nefesh of Both them. is something else entirely. That's the chiddush of Chaim Vital. No, we are, every year does it. Every single year does natural kiss. How would the friendship be the words? Because there are words. It's it's a toy and so, nefesh. Next week, we'll be, we'll, it'll be very well differentiated. For example, we'll find out next week that even Midr Yistoyv, Shabbatava Yisrael, the fact that we're Rachmanim, Agrim Chasadim, they come from the Nefshah Bahamas. So you might want to say that's the Yitzhah Toyv. Let's leave that for next week. My point is, yeah. Exactly. Avram Avinu was the first Yid. That's why, in other words, we had Sadiq before and yet Noyach, but he's not called the first Yid. Avram is the first Yid, and he was Zoycha to, to this holy Neshama, and he gave it as Yerusha to every single one of his uh, of, of his descendants from Avram Avinu. Yeah. That's uh, that's our inheritance from Avram Avinu. The neshama is a gift. Yeah, it's not something you can earn on your own. Correct. Correct. And from there, it passed on to all the children. Now, the reason why this is so important is because our understanding of the nefeshul kiss nefesh and mir Hashem next week will will broaden and get have more depth to our understanding of them are going to frame sadik rasha beinimi. Because once we understand the nefeshul kiss nefesh and we understand the battle in between them. We'll understand also the extent of victory in battle is what makes someone a tzaddik, a rasha, or a benyani. So that's why it's important to understand what the Nebuchadnezzar is, is because that's going to constitute the battle of Tanya. And Tanya, when we're talking about the battle and the struggle, it's the battle and the struggle between the Nebuchadnezzar and the Not good and bad. The selfish me, and the divine me, and the godly me, the bottledick me, and if you're at this stage in the in the battle, then you're a tzaddik. If you're at this stage, you're a benini. And at this stage, you're a rasha. And obviously, that all expresses itself also in in thought, speech, and action. But this is all we're going to continue learning as we go along. Tonight, how should we think of ourselves? Are we 
What should I walk out of here thinking? What was you don't... thinking tonight? What did I learn tonight? <laughs> Am I a Bainani? Am I uh, that's an amazing Maybe question. Topic, I don't know. That's an amazing question. And, and my answer to you is you can't, you can't use these terms on yourself until you understand them fully. So otherwise, it's just, uh, what am I? I? I don't even know yet exactly what this is, what that is, what the other is. So the one thing we definitely could take off from tonight. No, it was a, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. He was really a tzaddik, yeah. How he made the mistake, we'll find out. How and why he made the mistake, we'll find out. But it was a it was a subtle mistake. I just want to point it out. It was a very very subtle mistake. Um, so what can we take out? And that's an amazing question. And we should every single lesson Summary, we should come out right. I want to point out that in most times, most of the parakim when we're going to learn, the answer is going to be more obvious. Today, and because we learned Perik Aleph, we were setting the foundation with all the Gemara. So it's hard to settle on one point. What do we take out? There are a few things. First of all, we can take out that we can have a greater appreciation for tzaddikim than we had before. Tzaddik is not just someone who does mitzvahs a little better than me, but a tzaddik is someone who not only never does an avera, but doesn't even have a yitzharah. So that's number one. So we could have some bitl to tzaddikim. We can increase our our hiskashras and our hisbatlus to tzaddikim. That's one thing we can do right away. Realize it's a different, uh, entirely different uh, league. That's number one. <coughs> number two, we can understand that. Um, but Rechaim Vital said that every Yid has an Efshel Kis Nefshabamis, which means that even though we might look at ourselves sometimes and think that we're selfish, and that we're all out, as they say, we're out for number one, we're only out for ourselves, but that's one part of me. Because I'm a Yid, Taka, we say every morning, Neshama Shonatzata B'Tohirai, we all have a Neshama, we all have the ability to do Mesir Nefesh for the Eberster. If I have the ability to give up my life for the Eberster, then I definitely have the ability this week to do one more Mitzvah for the Eberster, for my Nefshel Kis. Why we said nefesh elokit not not right? Nefesh behemet. Right. Don't say anything about it. Correct. What do you mean we don't say anything about it? Say nefesh Yeah, we're gonna learn more about it next week. Right. Mimal doesn't mean. Shemaim. Yeah, but shemaim it doesn't mean spatially. In other words, in, when we're talking spiritually, when we say higher or lower, we don't mean physically higher or lower. Okay? If there's a tzaddik here sitting in this room, and I'll say this tzaddik is higher than all of us, does that mean that he's that he's uh, next floor up? He's more connected to so when we say the word mimal, we don't mean we don't mean that it's up near the moon somewhere. Okay, <laughs> mimal means that it's closer to the Abishter. It comes from Nefesh Bahamis. It's not mimal. No, <laughs> it's not. Russia, the toy boy, how do you know that he's a Russia? Because he saw him opening his 